Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 208 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the 23rd chapter of Luke today, and our focus is on how Jesus did not come to save himself, but to save others. We're also going to be talking about what did Jesus accomplish by his death? Well, every day we read through the Word of God and we discuss it, and our goal is to get you involved in daily Bible reading, daily Bible following. The best way to help out the show is to tell a friend, tell a family member, so they can join in with us on that goal. Our website is Bible2021.com. You can find show notes and a transcript of every episode, as well as a way to contact us with a question or comment. Well, one of the most striking statements in the Bible is said by a group of religious leaders in today's chapter who are mocking the most selfless thing ever done and the most wonderful thing ever done. You see it in verse 35 of Luke 23. The people stood watching and even the leaders were scoffing. He saved others. Let him save himself if this is God's Messiah, the chosen one. Well, let that statement sink in for a moment. Of course, Jesus did save others, and these religious leaders gathered that if Jesus could save himself from a certain execution, then maybe, just maybe, he might be God's Messiah after all. And yet, had Jesus done that, he would have proven quite conclusively that he was not, in fact, the Lord's Messiah at all. So I'm not the first person to see irony in such a statement. John Amazing Grace Newton also saw this writing in the 1700s, and he said, They reproached his great design for which he came into the world when they said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. How different is the force of the same words according to the intention of the speaker? When they earlier said, His blood be on us and upon our children, they spoke the very language of the hearts of those who love Jesus and who derive all their hope and all their happiness from the application of his shed blood to their consciences. But to themselves it proved the most dreadful imprecation to say. So it will be the grateful acknowledgement of his people in time and to eternity that when he was resolved to save them, the difficulties in the way were so great that neither his prayers nor his tears nor his unspotted innocence could prevail to save himself. But for this his love to sinners his enemies reviled and mocked him. Nor would they have offered to believe if he would have come down from the cross had they supposed that there was the least probability of such a thing happening, for they had already rejected evidence equal to what they now demanded, and it did not lead them to believe. Well, Jesus in his death on the cross was fulfilling thousands of years of prophecy. We see this in Isaiah 53, written more than 700 years prior to his crucifixion, which reads, He was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment. And who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked. But he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. 
So that's from Isaiah 53, 5 through 9. Again, written hundreds of years before the death of Jesus and describing it prophetically in so many ways. And this is what Jesus accomplished on the cross. His punishment, his death brought us peace. His death paid the price for our sins because he was cut off from the land of the living, as Isaiah says. We can have access to the land of the always living, to the land of the undying. Because he was slaughtered like a sacrificial lamb, we never have to face the prospect of death for our sins. Because he was pierced, wounded, whipped, crushed, and taunted, we have healing. What a wonder and how absurd that these religious leaders scoffed and mocked him for making the greatest and most selfless sacrifice in history. Well, let us read our passage. This is Luke chapter 23, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Then their whole assembly rose up and brought him before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man misleading our nation, opposing payment of taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is the Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You say so. Pilate then told the chief priests and the crowds, I find no grounds for charging this man. But they kept insisting. He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea from Galilee, where he started even to hear. When Pilate heard this, he asked if the man was a Galilean. Finding out that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem during those days. Herod was very glad to see Jesus. For a long time, he had wanted to see him because he had heard about him and was hoping to see some miracle performed by him. So he kept asking him questions, but Jesus did not answer him. The chief priests and the scribes stood by vehemently accusing him. Then Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt, mocked him, dressed him in bright clothing, and sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Previously, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people and said to them, You've brought me this man as one who misleads the people, but in fact, after examining him in your presence, I have found no grounds to charge this man with these things that you accuse him of. Neither has Herod, because he sent him back to us. Clearly, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will have him whipped and then release him. Then they all cried together, Take this man away! Release Barabbas to us! He had been thrown into prison for a rebellion that had taken place in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate addressed them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why? What has this man done wrong? I found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him whipped and then release him. But they kept up the pressure, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified, and their voices won out. So Pilate decided to grant their demand and release the one they were asking for who had been thrown into prison for rebellion and murder. But he handed over Jesus to their will. As they led him away, they seized Simon, a Cyrenian, who was coming in from the country and laid the cross on him to carry behind Jesus. A large crowd of people followed him, including women who were mourning and lamenting him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. Look, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the women without children, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other criminals who were also led away to be executed with him, when they arrived at the place 
called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right side and one on the left. And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. And they divided his clothing and cast lots. And the people stood watching and even the leaders were scoffing. He saved others. Let him save himself if this is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him. They offered him sour wine and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. An inscription was above him. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him. Don't you even fear God since you are undergoing the same punishment? We are punished justly because we're getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three, because the sun's light failed. The curtain of the sanctuary was split down the middle, and Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. Saying this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what happened, he began to glorify God, saying, This man really was righteous. All the crowds that had gathered for this spectacle when they saw what had taken place went home striking their chest. But all who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. There was a good and righteous man named Joseph, a member of the Sanhedrin, who had not agreed with their plan in action. He was from Arimathea, a Judean town, and he was looking forward to the kingdom of God. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Taking it down, he wrapped it in fine linen and placed it in a tomb cut into the rock where no one had ever been placed. It was the preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed along and observed the tomb and how the body was placed. Then they returned and prepared spices and perfumes, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Well, Let's close out with our Bible memory verse for the month of July. It's Luke six forty-seven through 48. Uh, Jesus said, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. Amen. Well, friends, I apologize for my voice today. I am about three or four days into a non-COVID cold, but it seems to be affecting my voice more today and yesterday than it has before. Hopefully that'll clear up soon. Hopefully you are walking in health and the blessing of the Lord and the comfort that comes from his words. Good day to you and Godspeed.